0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue in 2 Corinthians. We're in chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. The signs of an apostle were performed with unfailing endurance among you, including signs and wonders and miracles. So in what ways are you worse off than the other churches, except that I personally did not burden you? Forgive me for this wrong. When he asks this question, uh, that I did not burden you, he's asking it sarcastically, meaning he received support from Macedonian churches like the church of Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea, and he did not ask for support from the Corinthian church at that point. And so he feels like he robbed those churches by allowing them to help fund his ministry while ministering to the Corinthians for free. So he didn't burden them, meaning he didn't take a salary from them and their tithe dollars or their offerings or whatever they gave that was in their hearts to give. So he's... he's, being sarcastic here, like forgive me for the wrong of not of not taking any money at all as as compensation for my hard work with you, uh, and it's it's sarcastic. It's it's a caustic language that he's using here. Another one of the reasons why it's it's plausible that verses uh, that chapters 10 through 13 could be the missing letter because the God of all comfort has been an apt title for everything in chapters 1 through 9. Paul's tone shifts here uh, in, in these chapters. The signs of an apostle were performed with unfailing endurance among you. He was imbued with the authority of the apostles. The apostles were were given power by the Holy Spirit of God directly from Jesus, whom they all encountered directly, physically, physically they in the physical form, Jesus in his physical resurrected form, and they receive the ability to perform miracles. Some of the miracles you see described in the book of Acts are all carried out under apostolic authority. And now Paul likewise has the same apostolic authority. Yet again we see that people who bear witness firsthand to physics-defying miracles don't always have strong faith as a result of it. Faith that is based upon miraculous signs and wonders then arguably is not faith at all. It is reasonable belief, and I know people who claim to have experienced miraculous signs and wonders, and for that reason, they do believe And the, 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 the only growing denomination in the world would largely build its, um, uh, its, its stories around signs and wonders and things like this. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew eleven sixteen. 16. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you Bethsaida. If the miracles that were performed in you were performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. Speaking to Chorazin and Bethsaida, these cities in which Jesus, while carrying out his earthly ministry, performed numerous miracles, people didn't repent. They saw the miracles and they still didn't believe. Jesus said, if I had performed these same miracles in Tyre and Sidon, uh, excuse me, Matthew eleven, twenty-one. If if Jesus had performed these same miracles in Tyre, uh, T-Y-R-E, and Sidon, these sort of coastal towns where paganism was more prevalent, those cities would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. You adorned sackcloth when you were in mourning. You put ashes on your face to indicate you were in deep anguish. And if Jesus had performed those same miracles in Tyre and Sidon, everybody would have repented. So we see Bethsaida and Chorazin and Capernaum all called out for their lack of repentance despite the prima facie evidences of Jesus's authority be, uh, by the miraculous signs. So this, this caustic language that Paul is using against Corinth is similar to the, to the caustic language that Jesus would use, I believe with tears in his eyes, uh, regarding Bethsaida and Chorazin and Capernaum. You saw all of the miraculous signs and wonders. The signs of an apostle were performed with, he says... Uh, with unfailing endurance among you. Like there was never, it's not like there were these flash in the pan brief moments of miracles that could have caused you to think that that really happened? Was that legit? Was that faked? No, it was unfailing. It was consistent and it endured and it was all among you. It included signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles, All right? Signs could be any number of things, coincidences that fall within the realm of physics. Wonders, likewise, could be things that are beyond... Uh, beyond uh, physical explanation, the miracles, I think, are things that outright defy physics. And all of these were performed among the Corinthians with great consistency. Verse 13, so in what ways are you worse off, Paul speaks to the Corinthian church, than the other churches, except that I personally didn't take a salary from you. Forgive me for this wrong. He is, he is writing, remember yesterday's devotion, in response to the super apostles' critique. So that's one of his defenses. He said, "He said yesterday, uh, I have been a fool. I have been a fool. You forced it on me. You ought to have commended me, since I am not in any way inferior to those super apostles, even though I am nothing." Right. So he's been speaking quote-unquote foolishly, he delved into the sandbox and began to, just like the super apostles do, brag on his own authority a little bit. He's never done that before. He's never had to show his cards. He's never had to prove himself. He's never had to sing for his apostolic supper. And now he's like, look, you did it. You forced me to do this. You forced me to go and, and list, my cred- list my credentials for you. By the way, all of the signs of an apostle were performed with, with unfailing endurance among all of you. And, and, you know, you weren't robbed of anything compared to the other churches, the other churches that all believe that I'm an apostle. The only difference is that they financially supported me when you didn't. So Paul is taking the Corinthians to task over this. And it's, it's not pleasant for him. He's writing what the spirit lays on his heart to write. It would have been better, would it not, for the Corinthian church to have remained faithful to Christ's work among them through the apostle Paul. The same guy whose book we're reading, same guys who, guy whose book we've, we've read before, same guy whose story we studied in the book of Acts, it's, it's better. It's just, it just works out better when you stay faithful to your original calling. When we deviate from it, we have nothing to show from it. We have no fruit that's born as a result that we can point to and say, yeah, yeah, that was a good experience. God can redeem some of our failures and our wounds. He can take what remains after we've broken things and make something new and beautiful from it. But it is always better. It is always optimal. To stay, stay just true and faithful to your original calling. Look at this lesson learned by the Corinthian church. Let's not be spoiled and take for granted the apostolic signs and wonders, the, the, the beautiful testimony of the resurrection of Jesus, the, the word of God itself and its sufficiency. The evidence that, that is ubiquitous and all around us of the goodness of God, let us not forsake and take for granted the anointing of the Spirit that brought us to where we are in the first place. Should we deviate and entertain some other false gospel, this is kind of where, where Paul is uh, where Paul has, has touched on where he's going again and what we're going to see as well in, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus. We sell everything short. We rob our future selves of a blessing and anointing. We, when, we, when we serve anything other than the one true God, we serve something less.